0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: During this month, August 2020, the Burn It All Down crew is taking some time off to rest and retool the show. In place of our regular weekly Tuesday episodes, we are bringing you episodes from podcasts hosted by guests of Burn It All Down. We hope you enjoy, and we'll be back soon. And as always, burn on, not out. Hello, Jashvina.
2: Hello, Shereen. <laughs> how are you today? Good, how are you?
1: I'm great. And I am really excited that Sticks to Sports is one of the podcasts we will be highlighting in the month. And I just wanted to ask you, what is your podcast about?
2: So you sounded so Canadian there. It was funny. (laughs) It's kind of a hybrid between there are times where I do interviews with people. So I focus on marginalized folks who cover sports or who are fans or who work in sports, because those are the voices that we don't often hear. Sometimes that'll be based off a specific topic, or sometimes they'll just be general interviews, or other times I'll pretty much just get up there and rant because sometimes they're not sometimes a lot of times there are things that are happening and I have a lot of thoughts and they can't all go on Twitter.
1: Why did you start it? Was it in part and parcel because of exactly what you said? Marginalized voices and BIPOC voices are not often recognized in
2: hockey and in sports? That was definitely a key reason why I started it. I think at the time too, because I, I want to say I started this in like sixteen seventeen, So like around after Trump was elected and I was just pretty mad about all of the things that were happening. And I was especially really mad about obviously people saying stick to sports, because that whole concept is just ridiculous. And at the time, you know, we had athletes choosing to kneel during the national anthem to protest police brutality towards black folks. A lot of things were being misconstrued. And you know, there were just people were so heavily on the side of we're not going to say anything. And I was just really mad about it. So I was like, you know what, I have too many thoughts, I just need to start a
1: So what is this particular episode about? What are people gonna hear? And when did you record this specific episode?
2: This one I recorded about a year ago, but it's relevant still. <laughs> and it'll probably be relevant for a long time to come. Yeah. It's one of my favorite episodes because I've been in, it's about toxic culture and hockey and a lot of you know, racism and other forms of bigotry and how the culture of hockey perpetuates this. Because I like to say that hockey is racist and people get very mad at me when I say that, but it's systematically set up in a way in which you can't fight racism. I stand by what I say, and I've been around hockey for 10 years now, and I've been covering it for almost 10 years, actually. I've done basically all levels, like I've done youth, juniors, college, pros. So I know the dynamics of how everything works, and there's a very, like, hockey culture is very specific. And it's cultivated in a very specific way. This is the episode where I get into how hockey culture is, as I like to say, very incestuous and how that's a huge barrier in creating change and making the sport actually more welcoming and supportive for everyone. Also very timely because it's the topic of Evan and I's book that we're writing.
1: Congratulations on that announcement. How can people find the podcast and you online? And could you let us know where to look up for your book?
2: Right now, I can prefer the book. We don't have a pre order page yet, but that'll be out on Twitter and probably everywhere else we can post it once we do have that. And it'll be on my website, which is just my name. You can find me on Twitter at Ice Hockey Stick. Very easy to remember very on brand podcast is on soundcloud but it's also on itunes and it's not on spotify yet because i actually don't know how to do that and i gotta figure it out but you can find the podcast on twitter at stick to sports underscore and i'll always tweet out new episodes from there
1: thank you so much for sharing your work with us on the flame flowing community
2: thank you for doing this it's really awesome
0: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Stick to Sports. I'm your host, Josh Vena Shaw, hopefully actually doing things consistently this time. Um, hockey season is actually starting. Um, the NHL kind of moves a little faster than college hockey, obviously, because the NHL has preseason and college hockey doesn't, but I'm I forgot that my short, what, one month vacation from hockey is now over. Uh, Anyway, today's episode um, by Popular, I kind of threw this out there on Twitter and everyone was like, yes please, it's about hockey culture as a whole and what it is supposed to be and what people say it is versus what it actually is, which is kind of a broad topic and I'm not entirely sure how to break that down. Um, But this has to do with Nate Schmidt and his suspension, which it, it just, I thought about This kind of came up because of um, what's happening with him. Um, I'll link to the story and his statement. I don't really think it's important. I just, I actually saw Hannah Stewart tweet something like, Yes, the NHL cares more about this than they care about, like, you know, hits that um, are dangerous, which is true. And it reminded me of um, how the NHL cares more about not having players who play Fortnite excessively than they do about having people who sexually assault women on their team. I mean, in their league, so um, there's a very narrow, there's a very narrow and specific way in which hockey culture applies to society. I don't even know if that makes sense. So hockey culture, for those of you who aren't familiar, is just, it's very different than any other sport. Like, I don't, there is not, and I I grew up a huge football fan, um, and I'm from Boston, so we were also big baseball fans. Um, so I follow I have closely followed at one point in my life five different sports. So that would be hockey, football, which I grew up a football fan, baseball, basketball, and Formula One. Formula One is not the subject of this discussion, and I don't even want to get into Formula One and the issues that it has. But the point is, um, of all the sports that I've followed pretty much since I was, you know, a child or a teenager. Um, this is not, this is something that is specific to hockey, like very specific. Um, it's, it's basically that hockey values, also if you want a good look at this, um, you should read Beartown if you haven't already. It's a great book. Um, I love it. I don't think I can read it again. Um, heavy trigger warning. Um, a lot of it is very difficult to deal with and I've read it twice and I just, I can't stomach reading it a third time um, based on my personal past and the trauma that I've gone through. But it's a good, it actually is the most accurate book I've read about hockey. And I think it does a really great example of um, showing the double standard of hockey culture and what it's supposed to be and how it's portrayed, but how it's not actually, how, but it's not actually what it says it is in, in real life. So hockey culture is like, Everyone supports each other. We put the good of the team above us. Um, you know, nobody speaks out. So I'm trying to think of how, to, how it would be f- um, phrased in a positive manner in hockey. It's pretty much like everyone's all on board. We sacrifice for each other. Like, you know, we're good. We're, hockey community is always going to help each other out. Um, we're always going to be there for each other um, no matter what. And once you're a part of the hockey community, you're never left out. So that's all not true. Um, it's very It's true on like a very, very specific, a very narrow level. And I'm going to use the NHL as an example. Um, just Nate Schmidt, like the whole, first of all, like Nate Schmidt's wonderful. I think everyone loves him. I've met him before. I interviewed him many years ago when I was still writing a book on college hockey. He's a great guy. As far as I know him, he's a nice guy. Um, this doesn't have to do with him so much. as just his situation reminded me of it and kind of the NHL's very skewed views. Um, so if you're a part of an NHL team, you matter. If you're someone that's like, if you're a big star, you matter. Like, you know, oh, we're always going to be there for you. Um, but if you... Like, for example, if you have a drug problem, the NHL is going to drop you like a hot potato. And this has happened. I think this has happened with players in the past where kind of the NHL just pretty much will wash their hands or wash its hands of any responsibility. So that's like one example where we're not actually all going to support each other all the time because um, hockey as a body more often than not and the NHL as a body for sure doesn't. And this is actually really common. That's this this is not as specific to the NHL thing. This is a common thing across the board with sports. But I think when I when I'm saying like specific to hockey is how very much the culture is like you sacrifice who you are as a person for the identity of a team. And you know, for those of you who've watched Miracle, which I hope all of you have, if you haven't, you really should. Obviously, I'm a BU girl, so the name on the the name on the back is a hell of a lot more important than the, the logo. Sorry, I messed it up. Oh, my God, I haven't slept in, like, three weeks. But the logo on the front is more important than the name on the back. And, you know, there's that infamous scene from the movie where her Brooks is asking everyone, who do you play for? And finally, Mike Rizzioni, BU legend, um, says, "Mike Rizzioni, Winthrop, Mass, USA. So that's that's like in theory, that sounds great, right? Like, hey, like we're buying into this concept that's bigger than us. We really care about it. We really want it to succeed. And it is really cool. Like the one thing about especially that time period and the Miracle on Ice and the one thing about sports in general that's really awesome is kind of how it can unite communities it unites communities in a way that's very specific to only sports and is such an amazing thing to be a part of. So it is really cool, and it is really cool that hockey has that kind of community-based culture. More, and it's a small roster, so it's a, it's more than other sports. Like it is a very solid, a very tight community. Um, even if you go to things like a college hockey game versus college football game, obviously one is a lot smaller than the other. There's more opportunity to kind of bond. Like, we are a very small community, and that's part of, like, where this comes from. So it is pretty cool. But, again, when you – there are negative aspects that come with sacrifice your identity for the good of a whole. Because you cannot be who you are truly as a person to be accepted into hockey. You have to be a very specific type of person. And I know I've kind of talked about this. I don't belong in hockey, Um, I'm not white, I'm not a man, Um, I don't belong there, and I can be there and people will accept me there, but they'll only accept pieces of me. So they'll only accept me if I kind of live up to the model minority myth. So if I'm like, you know, people love you when you're reporting on them and you're writing stuff and you're like always there and you know, they're chatty, but if God forbid something happens and I go to them it's just a brick wall. So, like, I am accepted to the point of the idea of me, but not me in reality. Because me in reality is someone who's subject to a lot of sexual harassment. I've been sexually assaulted. I've come close to being sexually assaulted in hockey-based situations. Um, I get sexually harassed regularly. I'm always pretty much distilled down to my looks. Um... I've been subject to a lot of racist crap that's happened, Um, whether it's been actually outward racism or kind of more underneath-the-surface racism. But those parts of me, the part of me that kind of deals with that stuff, isn't really accepted. So that's like, I'm okay and I can fit in, but if I leave that part of me behind. And that's the problem with, like... You leave your identity at the door for the good of the organization, or for again, but for what they perceive is the good of the organization. Yeah, see, this is why it's like a really complicated thing to talk about. There are so many different facets, and I hope that kind of explains one portion of it. And on that kind, on that note, actually, like the idea of like, oh, we'll help each other and we're there for each other, that's not really true. Um, it's true, again, up to a certain point, and then it stops. So if you are having drug problems, you know, if you um, follow any of Dan Cursillo's work, which I hope you do, if you're suffering from mental health problems, um, if you're suffering from racism, thank you, USA Hockey, for hiring someone who called this player the N-word. If you're suffering from sexism or sexual assault, especially if you're a survivor of sexual assault or domestic violence, um, hockey's not going to be there for you. It's not going to help you. And I can tell you this on a personal level because at least two of those things, so the racism, three of them, because the racism, the sexism, the sexual assault, I have gone to people for. And at best, they'll give me a one-word answer. At medium they'll ignore it and like try and not talk about it. At worst, they'll outright shun me. So that's happened. All those three things have happened. There, I'm lucky that there are a few people who are supportive. There are still some good people in hockey um, who mean the world to me. And I think those people pretty much know who they are. And I mean that there are people who work in hockey and who work for teams. There are some former college hockey players that um, I know are good people and I can talk to you about this. And then I have a lot of friends within the realm of fans and other media. So that's good. And I'm really glad I have that. But overall on the whole, it's just, it's just not going to be there for you. Like hockey, hockey will say, yeah, we care about everyone. We're inclusive, blah, blah, blah. Hockey is for everyone. But in reality, they're really not. And it's really easy to see these kinds of double standards where Again, we care. The NHL cares more about players playing Fortnite than they do about players who've been accused of sexual assault. And I think, on a personal level, it's kind of not kind of. It's really aggravate. Like it's one thing to know that a, that there are issues, but it's another thing when the sport is constantly trying to say like, oh, we're really great. We're great, you know, we build great character, we do this, we do that. To a certain extent, yes. I think there are some positives. But also, the culture as a whole is really bad. And it produces a lot of negative things within that culture. So... It's just there's a constant pushback because people are always saying, oh, hockey's so great, it's so this, it's so that, when it's really not as great as everyone says it is. And when you keep saying, like, oh, this is great, it teaches great values, you're ignoring the horrible values that it teaches. And by ignoring them, you're not fixing them. So, for example, a horrible value that hockey tends to have is we don't respect women. We don't – and hockey, because it's primarily, like, a privileged white sport – Um, We don't have exposure to people of color. We don't treat them well. We don't treat people who are LGBTQIA plus well because they don't, they don't. Like hockey is a very toxically masculine, white, privileged male sport and it's bad. Like it's really bad, a lot of the attitudes and And I know, like, people might say, oh, like, you didn't play, blah, 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 whatever. I've been covering the sport for a long time. I've been a beat reporter for two different college hockey teams. I know a lot of stuff. (laughs) Like, a lot of stuff. And Hockey East and college hockey as a whole is a really small community. And a lot of us know a lot of stuff. And it's just, I do know what I'm talking about. And it's kind of annoying when people are like, oh, you don't know? No, I know pretty well. I'm, like, one of two... Women of color, I believe, who cover cover men's hockey. I want to say it's only me and Sunayor. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. So, I don't even know if that explains anything, honestly. Like, I'm just ranting, and I don't... I, the thing is, like, I don't know how to explain, except that these are, like, I'm throwing out examples because it's, like, I keep thinking about this, but it's such a huge topic. It's so broad. There's so many different aspects to it. And I don't know how to distill it into, and also for those of I did broadcast, I was in, in radio for four years, but I'm still a much better writer than I am a much better speaker. Um, and I still ad-lib things, like I'm the kind of person who will never read an instruction manual, I'll kind of just do it and figure out how it works and go from there. And this topic is just so big, it's so tough, but like, I guess if we want to go back to Nate Schmidt, like, we're going to punish him for the whatever billionth of the the whatever banned substance we found in his system i think there's just an unwillingness to be understanding in situations where hockey should be understanding and a willingness to be understanding to the wrong party in situations where they shouldn't be is a good way to say it but there's just so many double standards like who hockey is going to support who hockey is going to who hockey is going to be there for um they're not the same things you know Um, Because, you know, if you get hurt, if you have a physical injury, yeah, hockey will support you. If you have a mental injury, they're not as likely. If you're a victim of racial or racial abuse or sexual assault, it's even more unlikely they're going to support you. And I'm lucky that I have, like, a few people I know in hockey who will support me. But outside of that, like, I'm going to use this as an example even though I really don't want to. Um, I, when I was sexually assaulted um, it was November. The funny thing, the funny thing is I was supposed to actually be at Penn State and I stayed in New York instead because I was like, oh, I've covered hockey for the past five years. I need to, you know, have a social life again. So I'm going to stay here and I'm going to spend Halloween here and it's going to be fun. And then the night that I was supposed to drive to Penn State, instead I stayed in New York, I was sexually assaulted. Um, I, don't want to talk about what happened. I'm not interested in that. What I do want to talk about is the aftermath and the effect and what it does to you. And after it happened, I'm not going to talk about that now, but those are the kinds of things that I'm interested in talking to people about. But after that happened, um, I didn't want to leave my apartment ever again, but also Ohio State was at UConn the next weekend and I wanted to go. So... I was wanting to go cover hockey. I wanted to be at the rink, but I also really didn't want to because hockey is not kind to victims of sexual assault at all. And I don't even need to go into examples of that because I think it's more than well documented. And that was really hard for me because I felt that that was a piece of myself that no one's going to accept. Like, they don't accept the fact that I'm brown. They don't accept the fact that I'm a woman. They're not going to accept that this is another, now it's another part of who I am. It's not my identity, but it's a part of who I am now, and it will be for the rest of my life. And that's really difficult because part of the reason I love hockey so much is because of the community, and it's really hard when you know that community doesn't want you to be there and that they don't want you to be safe. And I know there are a lot of people who are like, oh, that's not true, but it is, and. I know a lot about victims of sexual assault and what they go through, and I didn't go to the police because I knew there was no point. I knew I had no case. Um, I didn't have health insurance at the time, and the only way for me to get therapy was if I went, if I underwent a rape kit, and I chose not to do that because I couldn't deal with it and no one could go with me. Uh, my mom couldn't come with me and I was just not going to sit in the hospital by myself and I didn't want to go through it and we kind of made the decision together that we're just going to put it in the past Um, and I know how all this works so I'm, I'm very familiar with what to do and because I know a lot about how sports treats victims of sexual assault even if I didn't tell anyone I still didn't feel welcome and I love hockey and I love BU hockey probably more than anything in the world still no matter what and just feeling like there's already such a big distance between me and hockey because of racism and sexism and all this stuff it just put up uh, this put up another wall and this was the one that I didn't think that I could get through this time that was really hard And I finally told a few people in hockey right before I was supposed to go cover the prep tournaments, which, by the way, it was a terrible mistake. Um, I'm a journalist. I cover hockey. So my mindset is, you're going to keep going unless you're dead. Like, that's what it is. And it's horribly toxic. Like, I don't even want to get started on that topic. So I was going to go cover the prep tournaments because it was my job. I wasn't not going to go even though I wasn't okay. I mean, I'm still really not okay. But this was, like, a month after it had happened, and I was losing my mind. And it ended up with me like crying in bathrooms at like five different rinks. I was having really bad panic attacks. It was not good. Um, I was at Milton for Floodmar and Catherine, one of my friends, Catherine Bogart, who I love, had to. I, I texted her, I was like, I can't do this. She's like, Do you want me to call you? And I was like, Yes, but if you call me, I'm going to start crying in the middle of this gym. Because I was, it was staying in the gym because it was warm there during intermission. And a lot of people from hockey were there, like, Um, scouts, coaches, college coaches that I know were at that rink. And I don't want to be crying in front of them because that would be a little weird. And nobody that I was really close with was there. So that would be really, really weird. Um, And I was just losing my mind. And But before then, because I knew it was going to be hard for me to be on the road for five days in an environment that I didn't think would accept me or that I knew didn't accept me. um, I told a few people, and I, rem- and I actually told someone while I was having a panic attack I, I was actually crying in the rink um, and I was like I don't know what to do because this is the last wall and if I get cut off from BU hockey I'm not going to make it and I know that and I don't think I've ever felt that way about BU hockey before like I'm completely cut off from it and that was really hard but that's just what it is and then I digress, I didn't mean to talk about all of this, but the point is, um, it's just really crappy, I guess, is the point, because I know a lot of people don't care, and a lot of people aren't willing to talk about it, and a lot of people aren't willing to help, and they're not willing to change things, and that's really hard, because... For me, that was the moment. That right there was the thing that did it. And going back or going forward to the ComAv Classic, when they had Casey DeSmith on the roster, I was really upset, especially because, I don't know, it's Walter Brown, it's my home. You know, like I broadcasted my first game there. Um, And that's usually an event that I go to where I can actually feel loved and supported and not like I'm a total outsider. And then um, they did take him off the roster, but part of what I said in my email was that this is part of the reason why I didn't think I could tell anybody what happened to me. And after that, like, um, after the event, like, I overheard someone kind of, you know, not not really happy with um, me asking them to take Casey DeSmith off the roster and that was really hard for me because I was really personal and I admitted something that when I, I talk a lot about being sexually assaulted but it's different when you talk about something on social media and when you tell somebody personally it's a lot harder. And I don't like talking about it, partly because it's not something I want to share with people, and it's not something that I want to keep thinking of. Um, And to hear that was really disappointing, and really hard, and a lot of, okay, well, you're not going to support me. That's great. Anyway, I guess the point of that is, like, hockey culture is just really only not really, not for people who are minorities, and it's not really as great as everyone claims it is, and it's not really as supportive as everyone says it is, and if you're a part of hockey culture, I mean, if you're a part of hockey, you're not, you're not always going to get the support of everybody, and I know people are going to hate me saying that, but it's true, and I deal with this year after year, and... I don't know. I mean, people are still gonna hate me, even if I don't say anything, so at this point it doesn't really make sense to not say anything. Um, I, I'm really, really not a fan of what happened. Um, I'm not a fan of how hockey deals with a lot of things but I really hate the fact that hockey thinks it's great and that it's better than everyone else and that it's got this wonderful, warm culture when it really doesn't because if you're not, like, it just doesn't. I don't even know what else to say. Like, I did want to do an episode about the White Caps and their whole, Lord, I just, I don't, like, it's the same thing over and over again. And I can't, like, until people are willing to take an inward look at themselves and at their sport and be honest. And the problem is like, people think that they're always right and they're not willing to listen and they're not willing to learn. And they also just think like people are overreacting. My reaction to this myth was completely valid. And my response was, thanks to Laura for editing it, was very polite, um, it was very eloquent. And just to be met with that response, like, is is really, really disheartening, I think, to hear people say stuff like that. Um, It's disappointing. And as long as that keeps happening, like, hockey's never going to change. And that's the worst part, because I think there are a lot of great things about the sport. Like, I'm not quitting. Um, I I think about it a lot, obviously. I have in the past couple years. But I'm not leaving because... I love covering college hockey. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that matters most to me. Um, I do have a lot of really good friends from hockey. There are really great people, and I'm indebted to BU Hockey, and I will be for the rest of my life. Because without that program, I don't think that I'd be able to function, honestly. And there's a lot about why, and the time I started covering the team, and just a lot of stuff. Um, and even now, like, there's a deep, deep, like, darkness, I guess. I don't know if darkness is the right word to use after something like that happens to you. Like, after you get sexually assaulted or you go through something really traumatic. And every time I've gone through something, because I've gone through, through two really traumatic things in the past, like, four years. And anytime something like that happens, it's just like, you lose you lose yourself you lose who you are and I think the only thing that kept me who I am is the fact that I love BU hockey so much and I can leave anything else behind but I can't leave that program behind and I never will so I'm really indebted to hockey for a lot of the things it gave to me because originally it was the only community in the home that I had. I mean I grew up at Boston transplant in New Jersey like The Devils were the only thing I had. When I became a hockey fan, my life changed because they were local and I had them and I didn't feel like I didn't belong anymore. And I still maintain that. I think there are really good things about hockey, but there are a lot of really bad things. So when you say stuff like hockey is really great, everyone supports each other, we're this one big family, like it's all for the team, you're ignoring the bad stuff that comes with that specifically check your identity at the door we're all for the team no one's no one rocks the boat that's another hockey thing you can't rock the boat or you'll get kicked out you'll get pushed overboard um yeah sorry this is a really depressing episode and I really didn't mean it to be this depressing so I'm sorry I don't know I don't know I just people wanted me to say stuff so I tried saying things, but I don't know if it made sense. And it's always all over the place. But I made a few points. Hopefully they're easy, not too difficult to understand. I just, the point I want people to take away from this is that hockey culture is really a big double standard. Um, If you're not a straight white man, it's really not going to help you at all. Um, The people who champion hockey as being really great are part of the reason why it can't change to actually be great. Um, And there's just... I don't want people to be like, oh, hockey's so great, you know, everyone supports each other. Because more likely than not, you're not going to be supported if you're coming from a position like I am. So, like, I don't want people to go there expecting... Mm -hmm. To get support. Like I mentioned before, I very, very clearly knew after what happened to me that I couldn't go to anybody there. And that's really disappointing because I love BU hockey so much. I mean, eventually I, d- I did tell three people. The three people in hockey I told are all actually BU hockey people, of course. Um, so, I mean, I'm lucky I have that. But overall, just, I just felt really uncomfortable being in hockey, like, really uncomfortable. Just because, like, when you know someone won't support you if they know, like, what you're going through, I don't know. It's just, I don't know how to describe it. Because I've dealt with racism before, and i felt uncomfortable in situations like sexual harassment, a very close incident of sexual assault from a reporter is why I stopped covering the NHL, why I stopped covering the Devils. Like, that was it. I just walked away. Um, and I've been uncomfortable before, but this is different. It's like a... It's just... I don't know how, really don't know how to describe it. Anyway, that's, I don't have anything else to say, because I just don't know what else to say. I hope that you enjoyed some of this. If not, I'm really sorry. Um, I mean, I don't think anything I talk about on these podcasts are enjoyable. They're all super depressing topics. On a positive note, um, do I have any positive news? No, I don't. Well, I'm actually starting my, I have to rewrite one of my novels, which is also pretty depressing, because... My life is just difficult. Anyway, being a brown female hockey being a brown female in hockey is very, very hard. So yeah, but I'm writing a book another book that's actually fun to write and not like really sad. So I'm excited about that. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. As always you can subscribe to my pot and my podcast. You can always subscribe to my newsletter, which I'm gonna start doing again. Sorry, I'm like working all the time. I'm very tired. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode. You can follow me on Twitter at at, at Ice Hockey Stick. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. You can tweet at me. Please don't be mean. I will block you because I just don't deal with that in my life anymore. Um, constructive criticism is fine, but please don't. I don't know, people like to get in my mentions, like, trying to argue with me. I'm like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to argue with you about whether or not hockey is supportive of sexual assault victims. Like, that's not even a question. People just, like, I don't know, people say lying to me a lot, and it's kind of annoying. And i just just you now. So, Yeah. Um, questions, concerns, comments, topics you'd like to be discussed mailbag options, please tweet them at me you can email the podcast, but I don't know the email off the top of my head if it sounds like I'm really disoriented I am really disoriented Like my life is pretty much the past year has just been wicked I don't even know how to describe it the only positive is that now I have a bed and a desk in my apartment and we have working gas because a year ago, I didn't have those things yeah it's been cool uh anyway yeah so I will talk to you guys next week sorry I will talk to all of you next week you can't say guys that's important I messed up so I'm gonna keep this in here so people know you can't say guys just a gender neutral inclusive term so I hope all of you have a good week. Labor Day. Sorry, I don't get to celebrate Labor Day. I don't get to celebrate any holidays. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I'll catch up with you all next week. And I'll suck you up and I'll spit you.